Passage Radio. Commence broadcast in three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. Aaron, 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 the year is already flying by, and heck, we're just in our second episode for 2018. Welcome to another Bass Edge Radio, right here, brought to you with MegaWare Keelguard. It's Kurt, me, Aaron, you, bringing you the show. That's right, and uh, you know, Kurt, as you mentioned, it is brought to you by MegaWare Keelguard. Of course, all of the giveaways that we're doing on Bass Edge social media, could not believe the response that we've been getting on, on the MegaWare Keelguard products, but the reason why we point that out is because if you haven't checked them out, be sure to go to MegaWare Keelguard's website, keelguard.com, and look at the Skeg Protector, the Flex Step, the first do-it-yourself keel protector. Obviously, they're the originators. They're the only ones that has the 3M adhesive, but every boat needs their product. And speaking of boats, I think you're multitasking right now because I, I don't know if I can hear your spooling reels in the background <laughs> or what, but you know, today's January 15th on the first airing of this, and some people will actually probably be listening to this episode while you're already on the water because you are bound for, I believe, Okeechobee, right? That is correct. Like I said, you know, the year is already in full gear. Headed to Okeechobee, FLW Tour, prepping up, ready to go, fired up. You know, I'm excited to get this year kicked off in a good way. Hopefully, if some folks are listening to this in the latter part of our time frame for this uh, featured episode, they'll be seeing me somewhere in the high standings at the FLW Lake Okeechobee event. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a little bit different event this year. They've had some water level changes. It was really high over the hurricanes that they had last summer. And then it's come down a little bit. And then here recently watching those levels has been important. And I think it's going to be a fun event. It's going to be a little different Okeechobee than I believe we've seen in the past, but uh, certainly excited for it because always trying to keep an open mind and I don't have a whole lot of experience there. So I think it's going to play into my hands. I'm ready to get there. I got to say this, Aaron, I've constantly talked about how fast this year's gone by and, and it's not going to stop. I am so excited that I am headed to Japan with Hayabusa Fishing Hooks on January 30th. Going to be going to the Osaka Fishing Show, being able to go over to Japan and look at the Hayabusa headquarters where they make all those fantastic fishing hooks. So, dude, I am in freaking full gear nonstop and I'm loving life, man. Fishing industry is hot for me right now. Love being involved in it, and it's been a lot of fun. Well, that's exciting. You know, they're going to rack up those frequent flyer miles and uh, to yes. Honda on her next Hawaiian vacation. <laughs> Hopefully, she doesn't have to wait another 15 years to do that, and uh, you can go for free. But hey, no, you are right. The fishing industry is rocking and rolling. Participation is high, and I think a lot of that certainly has to do with the economy, which is, you know, it's nice. Uh, it's been a long ride since 2008, and, you know, a lot of times, Kurt, when that happens, you see a lot of new innovative things that comes out as a result of people are putting money into research and development. I know you guys through Hayabusa have some really neat things that's coming out that we can't talk about yet, but going to be exciting times there to see what's coming. And speaking of right. what's coming, it's time that we tune in to our protecttheharvest.com tackle tip, helping you put more fish in the boat. Bass Edge, be right back.
This episode's ProtectTheHarvest.com Tackle Tip with 2018 Elite Series rookie Chris Grow. Hey, Bass Edge listeners. This is Chris Grow, Bassmaster Elite rookie. Basically, what I'm going to give you a tip about is how I adapted my vertical jigging for multi-species walleye on Canadian Shield Lakes into vertical fishing for bass. Basically, I'm going to take the biggest tip ever is line watching. You need to watch your line because the bigger fish tend to eat and go up. What that will do is it'll cause slack in your line, you know, of course. And the hook set on that is very, very, very tricky because you're not going to set the hook completely straight up. You do a kind of a sweep to the right so you can kind of hook them right where you want them. But the kind of deal is when you're line watching, you still got to watch your graph because you are, you know, video game fishing at the same time. But basically, my experience chasing walleyes until seven years old in Canada, that's how I kind of adapted this to video game fishing. That's the protecttheharvest.com tackle tip from Chris Grow. Thanks, Chris. First by land. And now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. Nitro Performance Fishing Boats is now the official boat of Bass Edge Radio. Be sure to check out the Nitro Z-Series Performance Fishing Boats. The 2017 lineup features five boats ranging from 17.4 up to 21 foot 2 inches. Two new models for 2017 include the Nitro Z-17, our entry-level bass boat at 17 foot 4 inches and rated for 115 horsepower. The flagship of the Nitro lineup, the Nitro Z-21 at 21.2 in length. Its performance and fishability is unmatched. Designed with input from top elite pros like KVD, Edwin Evers, Rick Klun, and Ott Defoe. Nitro Performance Fishing Boats. Champions aren't born, they're made. Aaron, I got to take this time. I forgot to mention in our first segment, if you've got a little wish list you want to put together, I'll be able to pick up your favorite JDM products while I'm over there in Japan. So make sure you do your due diligence. If you've got some, you know, secret stuff you want me to pick up for you, I can do that over there at the Osaka Fishing well, Show. You, you so know I do. I mean, absolutely. And, and if anybody else wants something from Bass Edge Nation, just, just fire a email to Aaron and uh, he'll collect <laughs> all of the lists and uh, well, he'll put a giant list together along with his stuff but no i'm just kidding but I'm, I'm really looking forward to that but i tell you something i mentioned in the first segment i want to expand on a little bit i know that you've got some events coming up in your ozark region there aaron and of course what i'm referring to is water levels you know okeechobee's been in a lot of fluctuation really i think it's important to watch that and know what's going on and i think you're seeing the same thing over there in the ozarks is that right yeah you know you were talking about flw prep and heading to okeechobee and normally i would be kind of in full prep mode. The difference is, you know, last year, uh, our first event kicks off at Bull Shoals Lake, which is a, a flood control Corps of Engineers lake. Uh, it does generally have pretty extreme water fluctuations. We have been actually in a drought and just have not had the precipitation in the past. So even if we do see a lot of rain coming, a lot of it's going to be absorbed by the ground. But the lake is actually a much, much lower than what it was the last time. So I'm really going to wait until it gets a little closer before I'm getting too committed to actually tying on baits. I think generally speaking, you know, jerk bait, drop shotting, some grubs, some things like that will be your normal staples. But the other thing that comes into play too, Kurt, which I think is across the country, is it's 
seems that the water temperatures are above average for this time of year. We've had a warmer than usual winter slash fall. So, you know, I could actually be going down there to throw a wiggle wart when normally it would be a month or so after that. So who knows? Aaron, you mentioned it. Water levels play such a huge role. They play a huge role down here at Lake Amistad, too. I mean, anywhere in the country, you know, we talked a little bit about Florida, Ozarks. Now we're talking about South Texas. And the interesting thing is you like to see sometimes some of the low water in the springtime because as that water rises, the fish start getting in that pre-spawn spawn mode. They like that new flooded cover. I got to say that it's interesting down here in South Texas that these fish seem to like when the water is falling, they get more active. It seems like we have a tough time catching fish on a rising water here in this part of the country. Now, once it rises and stabilizes, it's okay, but it takes a long time for that to stabilize and the fish don't, don't flood right into the cover like like they do a lot of times like in bull shoals where they have the buck brush and those types of cover or, you know, in Florida where they've got a lot of the vegetation and if it gets really low, just everything gets kicked out of it. But as the water comes up and they start flooding into that new kind of fresh vegetation. So uh, it's interesting how water levels work. It's really key for weekend anglers, tournament anglers alike to understand how their system reacts to water level conditions and then how those water level conditions change throughout the year. Stay attuned, stay abreast of what's going on. Pay attention to water levels that can put you in a position to have more success if you know what the lake's been doing over the last several weeks or even in some cases several months. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, I thought that your point concerning, you know, just cover and just rising versus decreasing because some of that, you know, is going to be specific to the geographic part of the country. Like you speak of Amistad versus Bull Shoals. Just very, very interesting. And I I think as the year plays out with regards to weather patterns and that, I don't know, we could see parts of the country go through a really, really early spawn. But of course, every time we talk about that, you know, on this show, Kurt, we've... You get that March snowstorm. (laughs) Exactly. You got an inch of sleet in your boat when you're trying to fish for spawners. So yeah, great. All right. Well, we're going to move on to the next segment of our show. Stay right here. Bass Edge Radio is coming up with the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. This is 2018 Bassmaster Elite Angler Chris Crow. This is NLW Cup Co-Angler Champ Brian News. I am Pro Angler Clark Green. This is BASS Angler of the Year Greg Hackney. I am Pro Angler Bill Lowen, and you are locked in to Bass Edge Radio. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. This next angler is a longtime friend of Bass Edge Radio, making his FLW Tour debut in just another week away. We welcome to the show professional angler James Nigemeyer. Thanks for coming back to see us, James. Hey, Kurt, Aaron. Thanks for having me, man. I'm looking forward to visiting with you guys and having a great show. Man, I can't believe it. it it's been a little while, James. It's been a little while, and, and certainly we have a tremendous amount to catch up on today that hopefully we have time to kind of dive 
off into. But, you know, you're fishing the FLW Tour this year. That has to be very, very exciting. And what are you looking forward to the most fishing this series in 2018? I think the thing that I'm looking forward to most is probably the season opener on Lake Okeechobee. Lake Okeechobee, obviously, I can remember watching Roland Martin as a kid catching these giant bass on Lake Okeechobee. And the few times that I have been there, I've really enjoyed the place. I really like all the endless miles of grass and cattails and hyacinth and reeds and just whatever you can imagine as far as aquatic vegetation. I just eat up grass fishing and no better place than to just let a person go nuts on grass than, than Okeechobee. So that, I'm definitely looking forward to that. But there's great venues all the way down the list, all the way ending to, you know, it's St. Clair for smallmouth up there and in Michigan. Uh, it's It looks like a great schedule and I'm, I'm looking forward to just starting out fresh and the fishing the FLW Tour this year. Yeah, dude. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you out there, man. It's been a few years since we've been on the same uh, organizational train. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing James out there on the water this year, fishing the tour as well. James, with your transition to FLW, I think that the field is is fairly unprecedented. You know, we've got 187 anglers. The fields are getting bigger and better every organization we look at, whether it's the Elite Series. I mean, they added another angler for 2018. The Costa Division, very popular. The Bass Opens continue to be very popular. What do you think the cause is of this higher participation? And really what I'm interested in is how will you have to potentially adjust how you attack fisheries in a larger field with the FLW Tour this year? Kurt, I'm looking forward to seeing you out there on the water as well. It's been a couple of years and their participation has just gone through the roof. Both tours, you know, and, and even, like you said, the Opens and Costas and just everything seems to be just in growing in capacity with tour anglers and every form of competitive fishing all the way down, you know, the college and high school and everything. And I really feel like uh, there's a, a heightened sense of wanting to get out there and people are excited about the sport again, which is great. I thought I read something about license sales nationally going up instead of trending where they were before. So that's really exciting. The sport seems to be growing. And I think a lot of it has to do with the social media and how people are plugged in, how the whole industry is plugged in there and people can get in touch with just any aspect of bass fishing in the whole industry there, whether it's boats, motors, rods, reels, techniques. I want to say also the economy has definitely been in an upswing. And after a downturn there, you know, after post-2008, things have just continued like they were. And then they're, now they're starting to move up. Boat and motor sales are starting to move, too. And just the, the whole industry seems to be selling a lot of product. It's an exciting time to be in the sport. And I think that's obviously shown itself in the participation that we have in the fields. As far as attacking fisheries with larger fields, I've thought about that. And obviously, when I fished the Elite Series, there was 108 anglers. And now going to FLW is 187, did you say? So that's, that's yeah, a huge... yeah, 187. Yeah. And, you know, I fished the Opens, and the Opens will get up to 200 voters and non-voters. And so from that standpoint, I'm not all that blown away by it and, and really point. thinking yeah. I need yeah really thinking I need to change anything that way but I definitely recognize that this is not a Costa or an open these are tour level anglers and these guys are going to come out with their guns blazing and I definitely will be looking a little bit more at my I guess my game plan as far as a plan B I, I generally like to fish power fish and I think that's something I'm not going to change that nothing's broken there but I definitely want to look at supplementing that with a plan B so that things get tough due to pressure. 
I'll have that plan in mind and I'll have a goal and a way to accomplish still catching fish, even if the fish aren't aggressively biting things that I like to do. So that's probably what I'll do. I'll play a little bit around with some stuff that I already know how to do coming from my West Coast roots, but I'll kind of try to begin to bring that back in. I've got a couple of weeks here and um, just really planning to uh, work on some of that stuff finesse tactics and can you maybe take it a step further and tie that into you know the weekend angler who perhaps you know doesn't necessarily fish in tournaments or maybe is fishing obviously at a club level but happens to be out on the lake when the lake is extremely busy high pressured or happens to be out on the lake when you guys are out there competing right the fish are getting just pounded or numerous lures thrown at them how can they take it and create their own plan a b c d like you speak of in a short period of time the best thing that I can say is, number one, every angler has lures and techniques they feel most confident in. And I say definitely lean on those. But when those aren't working, you want to try to implement things that are, you know, lighter line, smaller lures, fishing slower. That's a big key, in my opinion, just fishing slower. I've had instances on tour over the last years where I was fishing an area and just really not getting any bites and just making a subtle change in my weight size and line size, typically the same type of bait, maybe a little bit different shape and just started to catch fish and big ones. So there's definitely some adjustments that you can do and, and I was fishing slower too. So, you know, I think we all get excited when we get to the lake and we're, we're oh man, I want to catch five big ones and then I want them all to be over five pounds. But when that doesn't happen in the first two hours, I'm preaching to myself here because we all get excited, especially in a tournament when they call your number. It's pretty hard not to have the adrenaline running, but just being able to scale back a little. If you're throwing a big spinner bait, maybe a smaller one, quarter ounce, eighth ounce, smaller, maybe a single little leaf or Colorado blade, doing a little different, maybe going to a swim jig, more natural colors. Also, again, best techniques, your drop shots, your shaky heads, and, and weightless type soft plastics will definitely get you bites in some of the same areas that these patterns were working beforehand. And that's kind of what I mean from a game plan. And also taking into consideration the weather, obviously, that's going to be huge. If it's bright and sunny, they're not going to fish aren't going to be as aggressive. But if it's windy and a little bit of clouds, maybe we can take advantage of that power fishing technique a little bit more. So those are the things I'm taking into consideration as a plan A, B. And also I've seen it before where even after three days of competition, full fields and stuff like that, a lot of people on the water, conditions change and those power fishing techniques come back, the fish get more aggressive, even though after they've been fished for, for through practice and even the first couple of days of tournaments, conditions will play a lot into how aggressive those fish will be and keeping that in mind as well definitely help you catch some bigger fish on those faster moving power techniques. James, two great points right there. I want to highlight two things for our listeners. One is looking at that weather moving ahead. I I think what you said there is really, really important. And, you know, if you're catching fish a certain way when you're practicing or looking at a lake for a tournament that's coming up or maybe, you know, the week before your next weekend of fishing, seeing how that weather change could help you prepare for, you know, some other things. You know, you see a guy tie up two or three rods and, you know, he's on something, but he's probably got three or four rods in the box ready to go because he's ready for a weather change or something that could change how the fish react. And and that's what James is talking about right there. So I think that's a huge point. The second huge point that I want to bring to light quickly that you mentioned is you're practicing other techniques. Yeah, you love the power fish, but when you know the rubber meets the road, if you've got to change some things, it's not that you're just going out there and slinging something around. You've worked on some of these 
techniques to be able to put more fish in the boat, maybe when there's a high pressure situation by the anglers or, or maybe in a weather condition situation, and you're ready to take advantage of some different techniques that aren't maybe your strengths, but you've worked on those. So I think those two points and that was a dissertation and how to make it happen. Dude, that was awesome. Thanks for that. <laughs> Man, I appreciate it, Kurt. I definitely think having that plan in mind is important so that if the wheels do come off the bus, you can put them back on. And just having that just in your mind that, hey, maybe things aren't going to work out like I've planned them to. What am I going to do if that doesn't happen? Yeah, well, great job. James, you know, there's a whole lot going on every year. New products hitting the market. Besides your boat and motor, you know, you get a new piece of equipment every year. 2018, what you can't see yourself succeeding without that's something new you've got that you're ready to play with while you're fishing the tour this year? Well, I I think there's really not a whole lot new that I'm doing moving forward as far as that pertains to that, but I will say that Raymarine Electronics, they launched last year, towards the end of the year, a new Axiom unit, and that unit was something I got to use towards the end of the year, and I'm really excited about that. It's got an all-in-one transducer and I really feel like that's the best offering that they've put forth since I've been with them. I mean, I'm really excited about it, just the clarity of the user interface and the speed of the processor, so many different things like that. Just being able to use it some more, because I got it towards the end of the year last year, I think that's going to really come into play. I'll have two 12-inch units on my boat, and that's going to be pretty exciting. But as far as like any other new equipment, nothing really and I kind of like that. I kind of like going back to my tried and true and being able to uh, settle into something that's comfortable. I'm looking forward to getting out there and really just doing a lot of fishing and really getting after it. Awesome, man. Well, hang tight, guys. We need to take a short break. Bass Edge Radio will be right back with professional tour angler James Nigemeyer. Oh, oh, oh. Eventually, it's going to happen. You'll turn the key and your engine won't start. Don't lose your ability to get around. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts for a super start battery. Whether it's a reliable economy, hardworking premium, or powerful extreme, you'll find it at an everyday low price. Don't let a dead battery slow you down. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Bass Edge Radio, presented in part by Power Pole Shallow Water Anchors, returns with 2018 FLW Tour Angler James Nigemeyer and our Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil High Performance Marine Products, from real oil to two cycle outboard oil that surpasses all manufacturers' requirements. Visit them at lucasoil.com. It works. Well, James, I know you've got a great and long-term relationship with the folks at Strike King, and obviously they make some very productive lures. Is there anything new for 2018 in your tackle box from Strike King, and what are your go-to lures as far as your selections there from Strike King, and what conditions do you feel like they're most productive? Well, as far as new stuff, in 2017, Strike King released a new Hack Attack fluorocarbon flipping jig. They've had that regular Hack Attack and jig, which had a really heavy gauge hook. This is more of a downsize. This is something you can flip with fluorocarbon and not necessarily have to have braid. I got to use that some, and I'm really impressed with it. It's a neat little kind of a compact offering, a shorter shanked hook, but can really pull those big fish out of the heavy cover when you need fluorocarbon, when the water's not that dirty, and then also when you're fishing around more isolated targets. So that fluorocarbon flipping jig is something that's new that I'm really excited about. And as far as like how I like to fish and the four baits, man, that I really feel 
I really lean on day in, day out. And then looking at the 2018 calendar, the schedule of tournaments that I'm going to be fishing, probably more of my soft plastics. Gosh, I love to fish soft plastics, whether it's a striking ocho or a shimmy stick, soft stick bait. Those are just awesome. You catch them anywhere, anytime. And anytime you need to fish, a soft stick bait is just so hard to beat. Another bait that I've really done well with and I really like is a cutter worm. A strike king cutter worm is like a swimming style worm that you reel back through the water and the little tail just kicks. And in some ways, it works somewhat like a swim bait, but it really is still a worm. You can work it down on the bottom. It's just so versatile. You can flip it, cast it, reel it back. Like I said, it's just a great worm and gets a lot of bites for me. The other thing, the Rage Swimmer, the uh, swim bait, that thing's awesome. That's a versatile offering as well. I can't say, I mean, that's soft plastic, but I can't say enough about my Strike King KVD 1.5 crankbait. I mean, that bait, I can't go anywhere without having one of those tied on. It's just something I lean on no matter where I am, no matter what the season. I've always got to have a square bill crankbait tied on. So those are some baits that, man, you talked about earlier, you talked about uh, not being able to live without. I think those are some things that aren't necessarily new from striking, but baits that I definitely lean on very heavily in, in competition and when I'm out there just fun fishing. So uh, those would be the baits I would choose. Well, James, you know, speaking of baits, I'd like to kind of pick your brain a little bit. I'm always so envious of Kurt and yourself because even though you live on opposite sides of the state, you know, Kurt being over in Del Rio, they're on Amistad. You're also on one of the best, I consider best big fish lakes in the state of Texas, and that is Lake Fork. What's kind of the word that's going on down there, and how have the fishing conditions been this winter, and what techniques kind of will be working as we approach this tail end part of January and on into February? Well, Lake Fork has been kind of interesting in the way that it's changed in the last couple of years, and I think the thing that really has affected the way the fish have set up through the late fall we hadn't had a lot of really cold temperatures and the winter's been somewhat mild and the water temperature is still pretty high as far as winter goes and of course my wife and I always laugh because winter in Texas usually comes around February so I'm looking for the temperature to drop further but as far as that goes if things continue the way they are I believe that we're going to have an early spring unless we really start hitting some freezing type temperatures at night to really knock that temperature back it's looking like we're going to have an early spring in, in East Texas but as far as like what makes me think of spring and you know kind of the whole spring thing coming along later part of january is probably that time of year that i really start to think spring's starting to get close but it's we're still in winter proper and um at that time of year january it's so hard to be i'll always have two rods rigged up on my boat and that'll be a lipless crankbait and a jig either a half ounce or three quarter ounce jig with a soft plastic trailer whether it's a striking rodent or the kbd chunk on the back or a rage cross and I'll fish that more kind of on more steeper banks and more vertical type banks. And then the lipless crankbait around the grass. Those two are probably the ones I lean on the hardest coming through January. That water's still pretty cold. So those are the two baits I'd say and the approach that I would take as far as catching fish in that later part of January. But that jig is so strong. You don't get as many bites, but man, you can catch some big ones on it. Great information, James. You kind of alluded to a little bit of detecting some of that early spring movement. What are some of the first clues or signs that you see that have bass heading to a pre-spawn behavioral pattern and how do you try to react to those to continue your success from that winter to pre-spawn transition? There are two factors in my opinion that really make me start thinking of pre-spawn and I, I really feel like once the water temperature has bottomed out 
what I mean by that is the water temperature has been dropping and, it, and then it starts to hold at a certain area, probably high 40s, low to mid 40s on a really cold winter. But once it starts to bottom out and it doesn't get any colder and then it starts creeping up and you start to see the water temperature start to climb. And I mean, and, and consistency is key here because we can go through a warm stretch and it'll change a couple degrees. But you see the bottom of the water temperature drop out, you know, it's like, you know, it's hit its coldest point and it begins to start to come the other direction i think that's when you're really starting to think there's some fish that have already moved into a pre-spawn mode and they're actually setting up in some areas that are very much pre-spawn the other thing is the longer days man when we have an increased number of hours on the day on the 24-hour period that's where i'm really going to be thinking okay once that starts to roll in these fish are starting to clue into this the days are getting longer and they continue to get longer through the spring obviously but the beginning where that starts to switch and you might even think boy that might be still a lot in the in the winter period for a lot of the country i definitely think that it is but those are those keys that are the natural clock to fish that really start to say hey there's been a change and now we're getting ready to do a new thing we've been through the cold period and now we're going into uh, the early pre-spawn or early spring early pre-spawn period those are the two things that i really look at but consistency is key on that as far as water temperature in my opinion gotcha that's interesting kind of along the same lines we're going to move into our listener question segment brought to us from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Actually, this question kind of floats right into what we've been discussing. It comes from Wes Smith out of San Angelo, Texas. Wes asks, when targeting bass in the winter, what temperature and conditions push you deeper to find fish? And do you ever still target shallow bass during those conditions? Can you explain your preferred techniques for both scenarios? Wow, Wes, that's a great question. Let's just get this out in the open. I love to fish shallow. And so I'm going to fish shallow as much as I can until I absolutely realize, okay, this is fruitless. We need to do something different. And with the deep, I really feel like the best conditions for fishing deep, in my opinion, are when you have those really bright and still days. Just not a lot of wind, high pressure system, the sun's out. You have fish that are going to hunker down. They're going to get closer to cover. They're going to get closer to structure. And the way that I really try to combat those types of things and really still remain productive on the water is I'll fish a jig down the bottom and deeper and obviously deep is relative to the type of lake you're going to be fishing. But I'll fish more of your vertical type banks, banks where there's a channel swing, where there's a transition from maybe a flatter bank to more deep type stuff. But those fish in the wintertime, when they are deeper, I think the key is those vertical type banks, even vertical cover pieces. When I say structure, I mean vertical structure like the bank, like a rock bank or something that's actually the bottom. And then when I talk about cover, I mean like a piece of timber. So even whether they're relating to the structure, which is actually part of the bottom of the lake, or they're actually relating to cover, which would be like a tree, something that they can move up and down on and have that vertical uh, ability to adjust in the water column. That's where they seem to really gravitate towards. But those steeper banks, more vertical banks, I can't stress that enough. That's where I would fish my jig low and low on the bottom and sometimes pausing it trying to keep my bottom contact. And whenever I run into, say, maybe a root system or a little rough patch of rocks, that's where you know there's got to be a fish. Then I'm going to fish that with more concentration and more intent on maybe this is a place I can get a bite. 
As far as shallow, yeah, absolutely. I still think you can catch fish under those conditions. I don't think they're going to be as good as if you had a little wind or cloud cover. Even in the winter, even that low light period or even that winter period, that cold water period, I still think you can catch them. And what I'll look for there is I want to look for grass or rock. And those types of banks where you have either type of cover, grass and or rock, where I really feel like fish can move up and take advantage of some little feeding forays up into some shallow water. And um, again, closer to some of those transition areas like we would with the deep, but also a crankbait is my favorite, whether it's a liftless crankbait or a tight wobbling crankbait. And even a striking 1.5 can still catch them in some of the coldest water temperatures. But crankbaits for the shallow grass and rock, and jigs for the deep, more on the vertical type stuff and vertical drops and stuff like that as far as it relates to the structure of the lake. Well, that's a fantastic answer, James. I really appreciate the detail, and, you know, I always appreciate the O'Reilly Auto Parts listener question segment because chances are if somebody's thinking it, there's a lot of other people that are thinking it as well, and the depth of that answer, you knock the cover off the ball. So thank you so much, Wes. Hey, congratulations on having your question answered by another Texas professional angler and certainly that's going to help you put more fish in the boat. But we need one more thing from you, and that is to let us know that you heard your question answered by James here on the show. And you can simply do that by clicking on the website, BassEdge.com, under the Claim Your Prize segment. Send us an email at support at Bass Edge or drop us a message on one of our social media platforms, and we will send out that O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. And as always, a reminder to Bass Edge listeners, if you want to be like Wes, have your question answered to be on the show, win Ono. Riley Auto Parts gift card. All you got to do is submit those questions on our Facebook or Instagram or Twitter media pages. You can also shoot those to us through our website, BassEdge.com, or simply send us an email to support at BassEdge.com. Well, James, it's been such a blast having you on the show and not to go too far down memory lane, but I always find as a fan of the sport, I always like the stories, right, that go behind and the anglers and the experiences that make them up. And I always remember the first time that I met you was actually, I think we were either fishing the BFL or the BASS weekend series, and we were in a lock together somewhere down in Louisiana or Texas. But kind of from that period moving forward, you know, and then with Kurt and I getting involved and and meeting you, and you were on the TV show with us for a long period of time. I mean, we're getting old, dude. We're getting old. Man, isn't that true? I I, I really (laughs) think about my kids being 9 and 12, and I'm just like, my gosh, where has the time gone? And trying to recall times when periods where we first met, and I I want to say that was the Red River in Louisiana, 2005. Wow. I think you were spot on. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. uh, We've got history. And that's a a great thing about this sport. All the friends and the relationships that you build over the years. And a lot of times you don't see them for a long time. It's almost like you pick up just where you left off. We share that passion for the outdoors and for fishing. And it's uh, it's always great. It's a great fraternity of people to be a part of. Absolutely right. I'm thrilled to be part of that fraternity and, you know, know you guys for a long time time as well. Actually, I got to throw this out there. Last time James was on the show was uh, back in October 2013. We were talking before the show, like, when's the last time? And James said, well, I'd say it's been a couple years, but because time flies by so fast, maybe it's been like four years ago and he and he hit it right <laughs> on the spot. So uh, that was pretty funny. James, you got any final thoughts for our Bass Edge listeners today before we shut this down? Oh, gosh. Uh, 
Man, I appreciate the way that uh, you guys you guys run a great show and appreciate you having me on here. And uh, I love the interaction that you guys have with the listeners and the O'Reilly Auto Parts question and answer thing and just being able to connect with other guys in the sport that you wouldn't need otherwise. But thank you for uh, having me on the show. It's always a blast to be hanging out with you, Kurt and Aaron. You bet. Well, we started this in uh, January 2017. We're continuing it here in 2018. And this is a little segment for last questions for you. Are you ready to knock this out? Let's do it. All right. So what was the last picture you took with your cell phone? Well, the last picture I took with my cell phone, gosh, my daughter, it was dressed up as Padme as we went to a kid's birthday party for the Star Wars, the movie that just recently came out in, in uh, 2017. And that was pretty awesome. cool. My daughter, she's just, she's, she looks like she's way older than she is. And it just blows me away. <laughs> That's cool. Okay. So chicken wings or pizza? Pizza all day long. <laughs> okay. I do like the wings, but pizza. Gotcha. What is your favorite movie? Oh, man, just to narrow it down to one or can I pick two or three? You got to pick one. Just one. One. Okay, there's a movie that probably not a lot of people have heard of. It's called Gattaca. Check that out. It's a it's a great movie. It's still one of my favorites. I will definitely have to check that out. 2018 Super Bowl champion is? Man, I'm not a football fan. That's that's terrible. But I will say Cowboys. Cowboys. All right. We'll, <laughs> we'll see how that boils out. That's great, James. Thank you so much for being on the show. Bass Edge Radio will return right after this message. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. Keel Guard keel protectors. Another great Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight with a longtime Bass Edge friend, James Niggermeyer. You know, you were throwing out some stats there in the break, Aaron. You're exactly right. James is one of the few anglers that was in all three television seasons of Bass Edge TV back in the 06, 07, 08 time frame. Yeah, it's hard to believe how long ago that actually was, but he did a great job. You know, that was the whole premise of the show where we traveled around and kind of a day on the lake, so to speak, in different parts of the seasons but yeah he made all three i think you were one of them that made all three seasons and i think pete ponds i believe was the other one but uh yeah and it's amazing kurt you know even though we're that far removed you know they always say a bass is a bass but i'm surprised and shocked of how many dvds that we still sell of the season one two and three but yeah that's almost a has-been isn't it well it's just dead gun good entertainment that's why Aaron. we've got good <laughs> entertainment and by the way let's throw that out there go to BassEdge.com. You want some good DVD entertainment? We still have some DVDs still available. The stockpile is diminished tremendously from our originals and second and, and 
in some many cases, third orders of them. So uh, that is still available there on BassEdge.com. Make sure you get some DVD play for those uh, potentially still cold days in the next month or so. I, I think but, we can uh, actually say it's it's officially limited edition because when they're gone, there will be no more. <laughs> that is, that is. There you go. Limited edition. So there's just a few left. Make sure you get them for the uh, stockpile. When you have your uh, little angler growing up, you can show them what was and, really going on. And because of you, you're extending an olive branch in the beginning of the show of telling people yeah. to send me a list you know, of, of their wish list for you to pick up <laughs> while you're in Japan, I will also throw out there anybody that orders orders them, Kurt Dove will personally autograph every <laughs> single copy that goes out. Dude, you're diminishing sales now. <laughs> oh, no. That just increased the value of it, buddy. That just increased the value. All right. We are about to lose the attention and the interest and our integrity with Bass Edge Nation. So uh, with that, as always, just a tremendous blast. As you can tell, Kurt and I absolutely love doing the show. And we want to thank you for taking your time to spend with us here on Bass Edge Radio. Until next time, which will be episode number 273, February 1st episode, hard to believe. We will return then. For Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin and the rest of the Bass Edge crew wishing you a great week until our next episode. So long, everybody. The Edge is presented by MegaWare KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com and be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lowrance Electronics, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.